Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. It's well known in today's workforce, successful companies are customer-based. It is not a bad thing, but they are customer-based. They are focused on the needs, wants, and motivations of their consumers to build the loyalty to drive profit. However, to be successful in today's business world, leaders need to bring that same level of attention to everyone, particularly those close to home. And I'm talking about the employees. It's time that companies pair their passion for consumer engagement with a focus on the needs, wants, and motivations of their employees. Today's topic is purpose-driven work. And my guest today is Catherine Erickson. Catherine Erickson has been in the recruitment HR industry for over 20 years. She has spent time working in corporate recruitment and HR for various organizations in the IT consulting space and automotive retail in the U.S. She has eight years working in operations, general management, sales, and marketing. Her passion is focused on solving client problems and challenges in resourcing and helping candidates to land in jobs that transform their lives. She has had the opportunity to see individuals grow and develop in their careers over the years and believe strongly in employee engagement to enable business success. My interactions with Catherine have been genuine and meaningful. You will all see very quickly why I admire her so much and how thought-provoking she truly is. Welcome to the show, Catherine. I am truly honored to have you on today. Thank you so much, Andrew, for the wonderful introduction. That was very nice of you. <laughs> you are very welcome. How are things in your world? What's going on? What's new? Tell us what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been a little bit of a whirlwind over the last couple of months. I was working for Energy Resourcing, and they were acquired by AirSwift. So lots of changes in the organization, and I recently left the company about just a few weeks ago. And so I'm in the process of looking at standing up my own recruitment consulting and career coaching practice. And I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be a fantastic opportunity to do some really interesting work and partnering with organizations and candidates that need help. For me, what gets me out of bed in the morning is working with people and knowing that you've helped them in some way, whether that's giving somebody advice on maybe how to tweak a resume or where to apply or how to put their best foot forward in an interview or helping someone land the job of their dreams. And likewise, the same for clients, being able to find amazing talent for clients and sometimes being able to think outside the box. I think that just really being that true consultant, that's really exciting for me. I love everything there, Catherine. And I think when you and I connected, I believe right away, and, and I'm not saying that everybody is not, but I think you and I, we had the same wavelength. And I think that wavelength is rapport building. 
that is one of my strong suits. And it's something that I truly believe in with my heart, soul and being. And I think that is so important. Building rapport with somebody can take you a long way. You just never know where it's going to take you. So I just think it's so important. And I think that's why you and I connected originally and began talking and having some great conversations right from the get go. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think now more than ever, coming out of the post-COVID world, there's a lot of books and research and discussions about loneliness and people craving that connection. And so I think people are just really genuinely wanting to have that connection with people, whether it's a new person that they want to get to know, whether it's a common interest or a hobby or they're in a career that's of interest. There's a lot of people that reach out to me for various reasons. And I am truly excited to get to know people. I love learning about different jobs, different backgrounds, different organizations. And I think having that curiosity for people, when it's genuine, I think it does help people advance, whether they're looking to advance their career, or they're looking to build out their network. I think people are craving authentic connection. I love it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I am all with you on that. And uh, something that I live by and something that I will continue to live by. And I think that the people that are not doing it, you definitely should rethink your thoughts on it and definitely start to do it for sure. I'm glad to hear that things are going well for you. Congratulations on your new venture. I totally think that you are going to skyrocket and you're going to uh, do so well in, in what your plans are. So Congratulations Thank on that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you're, that. You're very welcome. Before we begin, I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready for yours? I am ready. Bring it on. So your question is, if you could have a clubhouse or secret room in your home, what would it look like and what would you use it for? Oh my goodness. That reminds me of the activity we had to do like in junior high. I think we had to build out like the blueprints for our dream room. Okay. And so I am very much an artsy fartsy. So my clubhouse would be all things art and music. And I love to sing. I love karaoke. It would have a karaoke machine. It would have a really cool lounge area. I like to mix drinks. So there'd be like a little cocktail spot, like mid-century modern. Think like Austin Powers. That's what my clubhouse would be. That sounds amazing. I think that sounds like a place that I think a lot of people would probably want to hang out. I, <laughs> I can tell you that I probably want to hang out there for sure. That sounds like a pretty cool room. I am all into the art and the music. Karaoke. I am a karaoke guy. So I... Would probably be right in there with the karaoke and the mixed drinks. Whatever you're mixing, I probably would partake in it. So I think it would go well. I, I think love it. Would, go, I think it'd go super well. You know what? I didn't expect that answer. I had such a super answer. Thank you so much for having so much fun with me. I always tell my guests I look forward to these questions. I probably enjoy them a little bit more than the guests do. But that's because I know what's coming. And for me, it's the fun of hearing what the answer is. Obviously, there's never any wrong or right answer. It's just what the the guests can come up with. So I just love that. Absolutely. it's, It's a fun question. It sure is. Why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about you, your story, 
and your why. Absolutely. I think we'll go back to the beginning, so to speak, because I think it's an interesting career path. I sometimes get questions on how did you get to where you are today? How did that happen? Was it a straight line? Was it planned out? Was it strategic? And the honest answer is it was not strategic. I am very grateful for falling into recruitment, like I think a lot of our colleagues have. When I found recruitment, it's going to be 24 years ago that I started in recruitment. I thought to myself, I don't know how I got to be so lucky to find this job where I get to talk to candidates, I get to talk to clients, I get to be a matchmaker, essentially, and I get to make people happy. It just seemed like the most amazing dream job. And I've always been very interested in like detective work. And so I often think of being a recruiter as a detective. Mm. You're looking for that needle in the haystack. You're looking for that unique candidate that's going to be a great match in an an environment. And that was really exciting for me. And so I was very fortunate to have really strong mentors, really strong leaders. And I followed some of those leaders. I then had the opportunity to work in the U.S., And I worked for CarMax, which is a used car retailer, and I did corporate recruiting for them. And it was one of the best companies I've ever worked for. They were phenomenal. And when you talk about employee engagement, they were amazing. People bought in at all levels of the organization. And they're a Fortune 500 company, very successful company today. And I worked for them back in 2005. So that's it's going back a ways. But it was a great opportunity to be exposed to what does a good culture look like and how did they do that and how do they keep people engaged? I then moved back to Calgary and I had an opportunity to do some HR generalist work, which exposed me to other learnings in the IT space. I worked for a few different IT consulting companies. I then decided to go back into the recruitment agency world where I worked for a few years and then got promoted into a team leadership role. From there, I decided I wanted to try my hand back at corporate again, but in oil and gas. So I worked for an oil and gas company for a year and then ultimately decided, you know what, I really like working in the agency world because of the variety, the challenge. You get to talk to different clients every day and you learn so much about industries that you don't didn't even know existed. So I think for me, what I've really loved along the way is the ongoing learning and opportunity to be just challenged. And so when I joined Energy Resourcing back in 2015, it was an interesting time because the market was very quiet and it was myself and one other person. And we were there trying to get the company turned around and ramped up and hire people. And we eventually had a team of 12 at one point in Canada. And it was a really exciting time. It was a lot of fun to try and grow something, turn things around, improve the reputation. But I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is the growth that I saw my colleagues have in that company and the opportunities that they had to take on different things that maybe in some larger companies, they wouldn't have had those or the, those opportunities. So that was really rewarding for me. I had the opportunity to do everything from operations to overseeing a P&L, overseeing the leadership side of things, business development, marketing. So I got to wear all the hats and I really like that. And I think that's why I'm really excited about the entrepreneurial venture to have sort of my own baby, if you will, and be able to kind of mold that in my own vision. 
So yeah, that's a little bit about my background and my history from a work perspective. So much to pack into here. It does sound like you worked with some pretty good companies. I love when you said, what does a good company look like? And I love that because I feel like there's a lot of people that I'm talking to that are asking those questions to themselves so that they could figure out what they're looking for. And I'd never seen that before, but I'm seeing it more than ever from people looking to get into whatever job that they're trying to get into. So Mm -hmm. that's my first thing. The second thing is that detective work. So I had a conversation with somebody this week and they were in the music industry at one point, a traveling band and earner husband decided that they wanted to have children. So they decided to have a kid. And then after she had the kid, she said, I'm going to stay home for a year. And while she was staying home, she's trying to figure out what she wanted to do. So a friend of hers said, oh, there's this company that I work for. I think you'd be good at it. It'd be a sales job. So she said, okay, great. I'll check it out. So she ended up applying and she ended up getting into that company in sales. She's been there for about a year. And she just recently transitioned from the sales position into HR. So I said to her, that's pretty amazing how adaptable you were. And the fact that you were able to take a career that you started and transitioned into the jobs that you were doing. So she says, well, what do you mean? So I said, first of all, you took what you learned from your entertainment world So the first thing that I could tell you is that you probably don't realize, but I said, when you think of an entertainer, you think of somebody who has to be on all the time. When you get into sales, you got to be on with your customers all the time. When you're in HR, you're talking with employees. You can't be off. You got to be on all the time. So she said to me, wow. I never really thought of that. And I said, that's part of transitioning and figuring out because there's a lot of people who look at a resume or look at job descriptions and they say, oh, I can't apply for that job because I don't have this. I don't have that. If they would just look into the little bit of the description and say, I may not have this, but I got that or I've done this and I've done that. And that's where you can put your performance part in to explain to the companies, hey, I didn't do this. I can learn how to do that, but I can help you in this area, in this area. So that part of detective work really intrigued me when you said that, because it just made me think of that right away. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think that we're going to see a lot of people. There already has been a lot of people transitioning into different roles. I think that gone are the days where my father worked for an oil and gas company for 35 years. Those days are gone. And I think that the more people tap into, like you said, those transferable skills and identify what are their strengths. In fact, a, a tool that I've used in the past is called Strength Finder, and it's an assessment tool. And it's actually a tool that a lot of organizations use instead of focusing on what are your weaknesses and how should you improve them? It's more about focusing on what are your core strengths and actually how do we leverage that in the organization instead of trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed. And so I think there's a huge opportunity there for people. And it's a matter of organizations also being open-minded and flexible to look at 
more to go beyond the resume. Absolutely. More looking at the soft skills and we can look at the hard skills, but I think organizations need to be looking a little bit more at the soft skills and saying we could take that person who is authentic and empowering and compassionate and we can take them and we can train them to do the job. But you can still train somebody to be authentic and empowering. But best way for me to explain is if you're a hockey player, you're a certain type of hockey player. And if you are a guy that they say is you're a goal scorer because you have good hands, you can't teach that. Someone has good yeah. hands, they can score. Someone who doesn't have good hands, they're more of a, a checker or a penalty killer or what have you. So that would yeah. probably be the best way that I could. Oh, absolutely. And instead of responsibilities, making it more about what are the core competencies right. that someone needs to have to be successful in the role? Because companies that are successful, they typically hire for attitude right. and they train the skills. Obviously, there are certain roles that you need to have the, the certifications and the experience, but... Yeah. For roles where you can transition into opportunities from a non-traditional background, I think that's what companies are going to need to start looking at in order to hire talent, in order to find people. Exactly. We're not talking about director roles or something like that. We're talking about engineers and doctors and lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about people going into a company, like you said, a recruiter or somebody, a payroll, benefits, those type of things, you can mold the type of person that's going to fit into the company dynamic Yes, and, and then train them. So I'm loving where this conversation is going. So today we're going to be talking about purpose-driven work. What I want to know from you is what is the meaning of purpose-driven work in your mind? It was interesting because I looked up the definition in terms of like, how does the dictionary define it? And I view purpose-driven work is that you're doing something that it's not just for the paycheck. You're going to get paid regardless, but you're doing something that gives you that intrinsic feeling of accomplishment. So for me, it was seeing other people grow and develop and be successful. So I think purpose-driven work is anything that sort of feeds your soul and makes you feel like I'm not just collecting a paycheck. I'm not just punching a clock. I'm doing something that's making a difference in other people's lives or in my life because I'm contributing to the sort of the greater good, if you will. What you're seeing, it makes me think of being in a team dynamic on the team. Everyone's leaving and Susie's still at her desk and everyone looks at her staying late. And Susie says, yeah, I have a whole bunch of stuff to do. I don't want to leave it. I want to get caught up. So I'm going to stay a couple of hours. And then the whole team saying, we're not going to leave you alone, Susie. We're going to all stay. You give us parts of what you're looking to do. And then we can all leave at a decent time. From what you're telling me, that sounds a lot like that. I think that when you're doing work that is purpose-driven or that resonates with your heart and your soul, it doesn't necessarily feel like work and you don't look at putting in that extra time or that effort to help your coworkers out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like extra effort. You do it because that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's more than a job. Like I said, you're not just punching a clock, but it's something that is part of your identity. So how do leaders ensure that organizations are purpose-driven? So I think one of the things that we did at Energy Resourcing and AirSwift does as well is they're very focused on values and using values as a foundation of everything that you do. 
if you align yourself with the values of the organization and they speak to who you are, then I think that when you're in a difficult situation and you're faced with making a difficult decision or you're in a conflict situation, if you remember those values and you always hold yourself true to those values, then I think that you're going to act in accordance. And so I think it helps to establish a baseline of how do we treat each other as humans in the organization? What is that foundation? What's it built on? So I think starting with values is really important, but it has to be something more than here are our values. See ya. It can't just be something on the wall. It has to be something that you live. And one of the things that I thought Energy Reconnection did a great job of is every month there was a peer recognition call and colleagues recognized each other for living the values and what are the values and what did they do and how did they go above and beyond? And so I think that creates a whole different level of engagement because now I'm getting recognized more than just from my immediate supervisor, but my peers are recognizing me for the work that I'm doing and the impact that I'm making in the company. And there's a lot of statistics around recognition and how it's super important and really recognizing your employees. I think that's massive. And then the other piece of it around the purpose-driven work, I think it's so unique to each person in the organization But I think it's about giving people the opportunity to get involved. So if there's an opportunity to do a volunteer day, or if there's certain organizations that people are passionate about, how can they get involved or support those organizations through the work that they're doing? And how can they connect those dots together? I love when you said the values. I I feel like there's a lot of organizations that I can think back of times where the big thing was we have to have mission, visions, and values on our site. We have to have those. And I love that you said that because you can have all the mission, vision, and values that you have on a website, but if you really don't abide by those mission, vision, and values, there's a huge issue. If it's just there for show, then I think there's a big issue there. So I think when we're talking about mission, vision, values, the communication factor has to come into play there. And if you were a believer of what your values and missions and visions are at a company, you have to communicate those mission, visions, and values in a true belief to show that you believe and abide by those mission, vision, and values. Absolutely. And I think the other piece of it, it has to be at every level of the organization. Mm -hmm. If leadership expects everyone else to live the values, leadership needs to demonstrate the values. They need to show that they are setting that example on a daily basis, and it needs to trickle down through all the levels of the organization. Otherwise, I think people feel that it's not authentic. For sure. So do you feel that the landscape is changing when it comes to driving or employee engagement or purpose-driven work? I think there's massive changes happening in that space. I think a big part of it is people are returning to the office now. You've got companies that some companies 100% in the office. Some companies are hybrid. Some companies are fully remote. I think organizations are still working through that. What does that look like? And 
there's still a lot of talk about people that are working remotely. I worked remotely for three and a half years. And does that change the culture of the company? How do you retain the culture if you've got some folks working remotely, you've got some people in the office? So I think there's a lot of conversations that are happening right now around engagement and retention as well. I think that through COVID, there were some of my colleagues didn't like working remotely and they didn't do really well from a mental health perspective and all different perspectives on that. And yet there's some people that like myself, I'm a good example. I decided to relocate to Penticton for a lifestyle change. And so I'm happy to to be remote and have that flexibility, but it's not for everybody. So I think companies are having to really think about it's probably not a one size fits all solution for everybody. And yet I think companies are also trying to get people back to the office full time, partially because of you think about real estate costs and the investment that companies are making to provide an office, provide office space and all the costs that are associated with that. So it's not a straight answer solution for no, it. For sure. It's very complicated. Yeah. And I think too, with employee engagement, when it comes to that, I think that candidates more than ever before, you talked a little bit about it earlier, but they're looking for things like autonomy, purpose, inclusivity, collaboration, innovation, safe work environments, professional development. These are things that are becoming more important to people more than ever. So that's going to drive the engagement. It's going to change the landscape, like you said. And because people are demanding so much more now, I feel like companies are having to do a little bit of a shift and try to figure that out. And you mentioned marketing before. I find that companies are starting to almost become adaptable and an HR person's having to be like a marketer and hey, I got to market this company to this person because we really want them to be part of our organization. So I got to market the heck out of us to make them feel like they want to be here. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And there's always been, in my mind, a very close correlation between marketing and recruitment and HR. Because to your point, organizations, they are marketing to candidates. And I think that coming into 2024, I think we're going to see a real demand for candidates across all all disciplines, all industries. Mm-hmm. And organizations, not only do they need to be thinking about how they're marketing, but I think a big part of it is what is that experience from the time that a recruiter interacts with them to booking interviews, to providing feedback, to meeting with the leaders of the organization. What's the interview style? How many interviews are happening? That was something that I found this year very interesting. We had a lot of clients that were conducting sometimes three, four, five interviews, and then they were losing candidates because they were disengaged in the process and they felt that it reflected poorly on the organization. And so I think that there is a lot that companies have to be thinking about from the front end to attract Mm. the talent, to get them into the door. But it's, I think even more importantly is how are they treating these candidates as they go through the process? How quickly are they moving? Is it a well-organized, executed process? Mm. And what is the communication like with all levels of the organization? Is that consistent? Is it inconsistent? Are the values coming through? Are they aligned with the values? So I think it's going to be challenging for companies for sure. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you on all of that for sure. So what do you think the future is for purpose-driven work when it comes to organizations? I think we're going to see so much more diversity because to your point, there's so much that people are looking for. And I think part of it plays into the generations. When you think about what's the up and coming generation, like millennials and then the, what is the generation before millennial? I should know this. Oh, um, oh, it's going to... It'll come to me, but... Tip of my tongue. All of that to say the upcoming generation, the, the 20 to 25 range, they are looking for something different than our generation mm-hmm. and the boomer generation. And I think that we have to be really mindful of that, that again, it's not a one size fits all, but I think really being clear about what are the values of the company and then aligning that with opportunities for people to get involved to get engaged. And not only from a social responsibility perspective, but also what is engaging work? What does that look like? And for some people, they want autonomy, but some people don't. So it's really, I think, identifying people that are maybe like your high potentials, folks that want to go into leadership, really thinking about what opportunities are companies giving to those folks Mm -hmm. that want to go up the ranks, that want to grow and develop, Do they have an in-house leadership program? Are they developing their leaders? Is there access to things like coaches for some of the C-suite folks, people that are already at that leadership level? So things like that, I think, are becoming increasingly more popular. But I think it's just really doing a scan of the organization and saying, okay, where do we want to go if we want to grow? There's a lot of stats around the fact that it's proven that diverse and engaged organizations with employees that are really happy and content, their profitability skyrockets. There's a correlation there. So there is a business reason to invest in employees and making sure that they're happy and engaged. And I think that it's a multifaceted issue, if you will. I don't think that there, again, it's not a one size fits all. There's going to be so many different things that I think companies need to start looking at. The flexibility part, I think, is still something that companies have to think about. Mm-hmm. There might be concessions to be made. For example, I think about IT software mm-hmm. developers, folks that are tech folks that are on their computers. They don't necessarily need to be in an office. So looking at the roles and the competencies and how does that align with Where do they need to work? Do they need to be in the office? The executive, the leadership team, the managers, yeah, they might want some of those folks more involved in the day-to-day operations, so they may not get as much flexibility per se, but maybe there's other things that they can offer them, like I said, leadership coaching or development. Professional development is a big one. There's so many opportunities for companies to, to do some good work there. I think that I've seen... In some organizations, it's like very across the board, very haphazard. But I think if companies start thinking about it more strategically and when they're putting together their budgets at the beginning of the year, really thinking about what are those things that they should be investing in? Mm -hmm. If they don't have a professional development budget set aside, maybe that's something they start thinking about. And yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I love everything you said there. First thing I think of is, can we talk about communications or communicating? I think most companies are looking to improve their 
communication as far as expectations of employees and what they're expecting from each employee. I think that's important as well. And I think that happy and engaged, like you said, is super important. And I know a lot of people always think about salaries and stuff like that. And yes, that's important. But I feel like a lot of people are looking at what are the benefits or in the U.S., they call it a health spending account. What's the offerings there? So it may not just be that, okay, I'm going to get X amount per year. You want to know what the benefits are because your health and wellness is important. And you want to know if you have certain things or certain needs for your health, are they going to be covered? And if they're not going to be covered, then there might be an issue there. So there's so much to think about. I think one thing that we all saw that really bubbled up to the surface over the last few years because of COVID was the need to support people from a mental health perspective. I think if anything that came out of COVID from a positive perspective was that in terms of organizations really stepping up and saying, we have to take care of our people and it doesn't matter what we need to do. If someone's sick, what can we send them? I had lots of situations where I had colleagues that had six spouses and we would send, you know, food to the house. We would do grocery shopping and we would send things and above and beyond what you'd think about in terms of the traditional sort of benefits. I think really just showing compassion and showing your employees that you care. And I think that mental health piece was a huge thing. So whether it means a lot of companies implemented mental health champions. I think that was a really great opportunity for people to feel like they had support, that they could go to someone within the organization if they needed to talk to somebody that would understand where they were coming from, if it was work-related, especially. If you could choose one word to describe yourself, what word would that be? So I thought about this. It's the one thing I put some thought to before. I didn't want to have, I wanted to be spontaneous in our conversation. The first word that came to mind was spark. And I think spark resonated with me because I get really energized when it comes to people and being that conduit, whether it's making connections or making introductions. I've been told that I'm a very high energy engaging person. So I I just like thought of spark. That's what (laughs) stood out to me. That's perfect. That is a good word for you. I definitely agree with that. And I agree with the fact that you are energized for the people. We talked about it earlier that you just light up when you're meeting somebody for the first time or you're talking to them, you could just see it in your smile. And I could also hear it in your voice over the phone. You could just tell with you that you are just energized when you're talking to somebody and having an engaging conversation. You could just tell you're enjoying it and you're just <laughs> taking it all in. So Thank you. I definitely would agree with you on that word. Any final thoughts today, Catherine? I just think that there's a massive opportunity for companies and for employees to really come together and be creative and think outside the box when it comes to creating that excitement and engagement within an organization. I had the absolute privilege of working with amazing people over the last almost nine years. And I think what made that really special is that we all genuinely liked each other and we liked spending time with each other. And so I think just being really careful and thoughtful 
about who companies are hiring and really taking note of the people that are living the values and are supporting what the organizations are really trying to achieve and accomplish. Because when someone's out of alignment with that, it sends ripples. I've seen it many times in many organizations, and it really takes away from the good that the people that are aligned that they're doing. So I think it's just something that people need to be thinking about. But there's so many amazing opportunities for companies to really come up with some cool ideas. I think I've seen some amazing programs. Yeah. I've heard some pretty good uh, programs myself and I'm amazed. I think there's still a lot of stuff to work on, but I have heard some promising, fun, engaging things from companies. I'm happy to hear that it's in the works and things are on the mend to get better for sure. I wanted to take the time to thank you for coming on today. I really enjoyed this conversation. I thought it was so fun and engaging. And like I just said a few minutes ago, I just love your compassion and energy and just the words that come out of your mouth. And I could just hear the sympathy and fun and love that you have for what you do. And I appreciate you taking the time not only to come on today, but having that first conversation with me and continuing to have those conversations with me, I have thoroughly enjoyed them. I look forward to further conversations with you down the road as well on this podcast. I think you are a remarkable individual and I truly want to thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy and pleasure and I've really enjoyed the conversation and would love to be on a future podcast. Absolutely. I look forward to keeping in touch. (laughs) Absolutely. So on behalf of myself and my guest, Catherine, I'd like to thank you all for listening today. And until next time, be safe. And remember, everyone, that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe 